friends. Welcome back to Our Hearts Surrendered. My name is Sophie and I'm one of the co-hosts of this podcast. Hey guys, my name is Addison and I'm the other co-host of Our Hearts Surrendered. Happy May. Today we're interviewing Leon Lombard. I don't, how do you pronounce your last name? Nailed it. You actually okay, nailed it. Perfect. Yes. I was like, this is it. I should have asked. Uh, <laughs> perfect. So he was our life group. He is our life group leader at our church and we're so excited to have him. Um, quick disclaimer, if you can hear storming, it's because it's storming while we're recording this. Um, it's a nice white noise ambiance for all of our listeners today. Um, and before we talk, we're going to do some get to know you questions like we always do. Um, so the first one is, Leon, what is your favorite fast food chain? It's actually a tricky one because I want to say Chick-fil-A, but I feel like that's such a basic answer. And I was telling my wife right before this, I was like, I can't say Chick-fil-A because everyone says Chick-fil-A all the time. So then I realized Lane's Chicken is super popular in College Station, and we have one in our very own Allen. And I love that place. We used to live right by it. Right when they opened up, I used to go way too much than I would like to admit. So Lane's is going to be my actual answer, my non-basic answer. I love that. Yeah. Every time we ask this question, people always say Chick-fil-A and I'm like, guys, pick something else. <laughs> so thank to. you. <laughs> yeah. No, you Lanes. have to. Yeah. Yes. Lane's is a tradition for me. So it's so good. I like it better than Cane's too. Yeah. I think their chicken is better. Now I, I like, it's hard to argue the sauce because Lane's is like, they're like, you know, I'm okay with being basic. You know, you got some yeah. salt, pepper and some basic, like, I don't even know what's in there. It looks like ketchup and mayo mix, but whatever. <laughs> and Cane's is like, we're going to make it really like sweet and tasty. But the chicken is, it's hard for me to compare because Lane's is like, I, don't know, I just love their actual chicken. So. Yeah, I agree. I would there say my favorite fast food restaurant. Um, I don't know if this counts as fast food. I mean, I guess it does. Is like Chipotle, but I also really Ooh. like Arby's. Um, they have a really good French dip sandwich, and it's so underrated, and nobody has ever heard of it. They're like, no, it goes there. And they just started doing the crinkle fries, which yes. I don't know if you've had those yet. Yes, but those are fire. That's a huge win. That's, the and curly the cur- fries are so. They good. naturally have curly fries. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Every time we pass an Arby's, Sophie's like, oh, gosh, I love Arby's. And I'm like, okay, Sophie, got it. Arby's, it Jimmy good. John's, all of her favorite things. Um, <laughs> well, both of y'all attacked me because I was going to say Chick-fil-A. And Can't be basic, girl. Can't yeah, now it. I have to change my answer. Um, my backup, I always have a backup. Actually, I feel like this might be surpassing Chick-fil-A at this point is Freebirds. I've talked about it before. Ooh. And until the day I die, I am a Freebirds stan. I don't like Chipotle that much. and like I was literally almost in tears the other day because my dad asked me what I wanted for dinner. And I was so excited to tell him I wanted Freebirds, And he was like, all right, let's go to Freebirds." And I was just like, so excited. I was in such a good mood. Um, but Freebirds is baller. So is payway though. And I feel oh, like yeah. that's, those are the only two places Sophie and I eat together, which is like, Pay- really payway is a bit of a cheat though. Cause it's not fast food. You got it. Cause I mean, it, it comes out fast. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. You have yeah a point. They're, they're efficient, but they're not fast. No, I, I, in college station, that's another one. Freebirds is like a staple when I was in college, mm-hmm. they, and they're, to me, they're different from Chipotle. I, I don't know that I would compete with them because I get the nacho bowl whenever I go mm. to Freebirds. And you can't get that at, you can't go to Chipotle and ask for a nacho bowl. Absolutely. You'd be crazy. They wouldn't give you that. So that's a good answer, though. I like that. Thank you. Oh, gosh. I appreciate the validation. Sometimes people are like, I've never had free birds. And I'm like, please don't speak to me again ever. No, yeah. Get out of here. That's what I would say. You should go to free birds right now. (laughs) Right now. Like find the nearest one, drive 100 miles. It's all right. (laughs) Um, But off of fast food, we're going to talk about our favorite superpowers. 
or which ones we'd want to have. You guys have a go-to answer for this one? Yes, I do. <laughs> I don't uh, know if so. I want to hear. I want to hear yours first. Then I my go-to one. one? I'm not going to steal yours. I just okay. Yeah. Okay, we'll just like work backwards. Yeah. Um, Every time so, we do like get to know you questions, this is always like the most basic one. So I thought I'd throw it in there. But it I is, but what it's to fine. Say. Yeah. Invisibility. Invisibility is solid. Is that what both of you would say? No. That's what I would say. Yeah, Sophie. Oh. Invisibility is cool. Lexi said that. That's literally really? the one she said. She, and this is her response. Why? She said, invisibility, because I want to know things. So I would like go to the oh, White House and yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. And I said, that's... That's sketchy, but I get it. That's deceitful. But also, I like, I agree. That would be really sick. I would definitely go places I wasn't allowed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. Or like teleportation. Just like, I hate driving. It stresses me out. I was driving in the rain on the way home and I was like stressed to the max, almost in tears. (laughs) Like, I I cry a lot, but I was was stressed. I was like, if I could teleport, this would be fine. Yeah. Um, and then also, I don't know if this, like, I don't say this one all the time um, because people get make fun of me if I say it because they're like, that's fake. That's not a real thing. But I want the power to, like, refill anything that I want. I don't know if that makes sense, but here's my example. I'm out of coffee. What do I do? I drink so much coffee that I have to go get another coffee. And instead of paying another $4 or $3 or whatever it is, I just refill it myself. My bank account's mm. empty. I refill it myself. Like it's just like a life hack to but end only, all life hacks. But only back to where it was at one point. You can never like exceed. I can never like exceed. Yeah. So, so it's like you save like my bank account. I save yeah. like whatever, 10K. And then yeah. anytime it's empty, I'm like back to the 10K, baby. Like refill. that's it. It's yeah, easy. That's a life hack right there. Yeah, it is. I like that superpower. That's I should have said that. I, that's a unique one. And here's the thing. I think you can say whatever you want for superpowers because they're not real they're super power so like if someone's like that's way too crazy and then they answer teleportation you got to be like what <laughs> come on those are the exact same level of crazy um but for me i would love the ability to fly because and i know that's a basic one but i'm okay with that because think about it you'd be able to literally you'd never be as- afraid of heights ever 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 again because you would never be able to fall off of anything. And not that I'm on top of high things a lot, but um, in case I was ever on top of a mountain and I was falling off, not like, if I can fly. It's a safety net. Yeah, you're yes. not falling, you're flying. Yes, I just and I would fly all over the world. Yeah, that's literally the coolest thing ever. You would save so much money on airplane tickets. And gas, you wouldn't even have to like drive to work anymore. Commute time's like nothing, except you're competing <laughs> with the birds, so. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I don't think they would mess with me. I think I'm a little bigger than them, so. <laughs> Just a little. Yeah, yeah, I think so. That's that's solid. Um, yeah. And our last get to know you question is, what was the last movie or TV show you watched and how do you feel about it? Ooh. So TV show, I have an answer for both. They're pretty quick. So TV show is The Voice. My wife and I watched The Voice. Um, and how I feel about it is... I'm just, I'm usually in a state of jealousy where I'm, or I'm in awe of how amazing some of these people are. Uh, and then movie was the edge of tomorrow. Um, that one where Tom Cruise is like a military dude and then he dies, but he has this ability. It's a long story to like, keep reliving the day over and over. Anyways, it's actually a really, really, really good movie. And we actually, my wife and I, we started watching it last night, didn't finish. So tonight after this, we'll finish it. Uh, the second half of the movie. And I love it. I, it makes my brain think a ton. 
So I like it. That sounds really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the last TV show, well, I'm currently watching Gilmore Girls and it's so good. And it like, it's one of those shows where you keep like, you have to like keep watching it. Like you can't just watch one episode. You have to watch a bunch. So I've, I'm moving so fast through the show because I just keep watching them. Um, like in class, I'll be done with my work. And I'm like, what should I do? Watch Gilmore Girls. Like, it's just like, it's probably bad, but I mean, it's really good. Um, and the last movie I watched was, okay, we had to watch a documentary for class. We could pick any documentary. So I picked the one called The Last Cruise about the last like cruise ship that sailed and then they got infected with COVID. And it was really interesting watching the videos of people like on this cruise ship and they couldn't get off. And it was interesting, like thinking like we had no idea that like COVID was like gonna come to America. Yeah. That's so like trippy. Ew. Weird. Where did did you watch that? Yeah. Um, it's on HBO. Okay. Now I need to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm definitely interested in that. All right. Well, Sophie's y'all are watching like educational mind tripping stuff. The last movie I watched was (laughs) big hero six. Oh, actually, I watched part of Tangled last night um, and then couldn't mentally handle how sad it was, and I turned it off. <laughs> so I was like, we're just moving on. Um, <laughs> Big Hero 6 is incredible. I think it's big. It, so is Tangled, two of my favorite movies. Um, and then TV show-wise, I have... No- oh, America's Next Top Model. Yeah. Um, another show that I, like, just watch because I'm bored. Mm. Um I, I watch a lot of shows like that where it's just like in the background while I think about other things. Um, but the season I'm on is like really drama filled and it's kind of exhausting to watch. It's hard to keep up. It's kind of like Gilmore Girls, <laughs> but Gilmore Girls is like my all time favorite show. So I'm really happy you're watching that, Sophie. Proud of you. It's so good, but it's seven seasons. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think I watched that in like six months. So Le- my mom Lexi, just. Lexi watches that show or she, she does. did. She would watch it as like a filler. Like to. Okay. Yeah, like when she had free time, she'd like throw that on. Yeah, my mom watched it all in two months. So that's a a lot. Seven seasons in two months. So she was really, really dedicated to it. I'm kind of on that same track, though. (laughs) You're like, it's like the Bible in a year, but it's Gilmore Girls in two months. What blows my mind is that Sophie said, when I'm in class and I'm bored, I throw this on. Because when I was in high school, and it wasn't really that long ago, like I just had my 10 year. like grad like from graduation but when i was in high school we weren't even allowed to pull our phone out ever if our teacher ever saw our phone for any reason they took it up and you had to pay 15 dollars. even if it was like you weren't doing anything like if class was over they're done teaching or it's homework time you couldn't have your phone out and now See, i kind of wish it was like that i'd yeah. probably be more productive but yeah, now it's like it's hard with on yeah so you built relationships but now in like covid times it's like people sit six feet away from me uh, they don't talk to me they look at me weird when I try to talk to them and they're just all on their computers. Wow. Yeah. Um, I just pulled up on my computer. <laughs> so he's like, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't have computers in high school. I didn't have a laptop on me oh. ever. Yeah. A new but, age. Yeah. Literally a new age. It's insane to hear you guys say this and realize that was college. It's like what made college so fun was I was like, I'm allowed to have my laptop with me, but yeah. you guys are good. You guys are going to be like, this is just the same thing, but with, <laughs> more people <laughs> and higher stakes yeah yes way higher classes stakes, yeah. oh yeah so excited um we're gonna go ahead and dive on in so yeah. leon can you talk about how you came to know the lord yeah i'd love to actually speaking of high school um i grew up in a family that was 
I wouldn't say like against religion, like not like we were never told not to be religious. We just never practiced any sort of like religion. We went to church like once in a blue moon because I don't know, my parents felt like it, I guess. I don't really know. Um, but yeah, that was our life. It was like, I don't know what you would see any other family that's not religious doing. And so uh, I played a lot of sports. Uh, found, I know finding your identity is very much like a Christian language, but very much found myself hanging out with people who were more like-minded like me. So they were more athletic or cared more about their social status, like very intentionally where you were doing things and selling out, I guess is the best way to put it, to kind of make friends. And um, I was never like sad about that or anything. I wasn't like aware of it or there was nothing negative I attached to that. It was just kind of meaningless, I think, at the end of all of it. Um, I, Yeah. So anyways, my senior year of high school, uh, actually junior year, going into senior year of high school, I had, a, I had some people who were in the circles I was running with who started going to church um, in our area on Flower Mound. And um, they started inviting me, but I wouldn't really go. And I mean, I would occasionally show up to one of their like hangout nights or game nights, but never really participated that much until my senior year when one of our managers invited me to go play after basketball to go to one of their game nights and play football outside and go to a worship event. And I didn't really know what that meant. So I went and it wasn't like instantaneous or anything. It was just in that moment, I heard the gospel for like super clearly for the first time um, from the pastor, the youth pastor. And he was a super funny guy. That's the one thing I do vividly remember. Um, this is like early on in senior year. So I'm like 17, like close to 17 years old. And yeah, I just thought he was funny. And the Lord used that in relationships of friends that I'd had and like, or even acquaintances that I had with people uh, to just keep drawing me back there. And week by week, I was hearing the gospel um, till it got to a point where months in, I just assumed I was a Christian because I was hanging out at the church like more than once a week or, you know, at least once a week. And, uh, yeah, it, it was kind of a weird thing. Cause I knew I didn't really have a relationship with God and I started feeling conviction and like, I started like seeing my sin and other people calling me out in sin. Like kids I'd go to church with were saying that the things that we were listening to on Sunday, they like, weren't seeing me participate in my faith which was like conflicting because I was like, well, yeah, I guess I am saying I'm a Christian by showing up to church, but I'm partying and hanging out with all my other friends who want nothing to do with church. And so the Lord really used that to uh, open my eyes, I think is the best way to put it. And um, yeah, like I don't remember the day or the week. It just it was a subtle transition of like, I was aware that I was a sinful person who, if I was trying to do all these good things I was hearing at church, like go love your neighbor, love others, like go, go serve somewhere. If I wanted to do those things authentically, I, it wasn't going to come from me. Um, and then the deeper, you, the nearer you get, I guess the deeper you get in your faith and the nearer you get to Christ, you start seeing a lot more of your own personal sin. That's actually counterproductive to who you are. You start seeing your flesh and your heart and your evil intentions and kind of the deceitfulness that you walk in and others. And very quickly, I saw myself being not just a follower or someone who said they were a Christian, but someone who desperately relied on Jesus. Like I needed, I needed to be close to the Lord to be able to be more self-aware of myself because I was hurting myself with a lot of my actions. And so, um, yeah, it was like a pro progress over about, about a year of Jesus being around him and then opening my, the Holy Spirit, opening my eyes. And yeah, here we are a decade later.
Yes, that is so encouraging. I think the something that's really encouraging is how you said it was change over like a period of time because I think in my mind, whenever I first became a believer, I was like, God hasn't radically changed me 180. Like I'm not saved. Yeah. And um, I think that sometimes the Lord does do that. And I think that's amazing. But I think also like he just changes and works through you just day after day. And I think that's really encouraging to hear yeah. that for me. Yeah, no, I can't. I can't agree with that more. It, that was the thing that confused me actually the most about being around people from the church. I never had this like tussle or like interm, internal turmoil about being a Christian or not. I think I just always assumed because I'm hanging out at the church, that's what Christians do. So I just would have said I was a Christian. I would have never thought about it deeper than that. I would have been like, yeah, I believe that Jesus was a person and I believe he thinks he was God and I believe he's God, but there was no actual like love in my heart for him. Like I didn't have, like, I didn't have anything personal with him when leaving the church, like maybe a thought here and there, but never actual action. Um, A lot of desire, but no action. And like, I would get motivated at church. Like the, you know, our pastor would be like, uh, get in community, repent, like learn to be confess your sins. And like, you'll be free from all these things, like the weight and the shame and the guilt. And so then I would be like, yes, I should tell people about these. But then since I wasn't a Christian, really, like when I was leaving the church, those things would fade away very quickly. Like the conviction, I almost found myself self-justifying myself. But then once I got saved, you're right. It was a very slow process of None of these things came overnight and some of them were still growing in, you know, a decade later, I'm still seeing myself learning to walk in the things that my head know about being in a good relationship with, with Jesus. And then my actual like participation with my faith, I see a lot of that being matured over time and dedication to one another in the seasons. Like you get strengthened in low seasons and in high seasons, you get to worship and enjoy um, and rejoice in the Lord. And so those, you can't just jump. I, I'm sometimes skeptical of people who are like zero to a hundred, like holy. And I'm like, you haven't even gone through that season in that relationship yet. Like that's kind of, you know, I don't know that I would, tr- I don't know that I've like felt that way ever. And so I do agree with that. I think that's a dangerous thing to, to immediately assume everyone needs to be like hyper holy right away. Cause it's like, uh, it, Jesus is, it's a relationship and no relationship, even your best friend, no matter what you say, it's not like overnight one day, like high five, all of a sudden, like magic dust everywhere. And you know, it's a happy ending. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, I mean like basically what Sophie's saying, like in my head, it's like, I hear the verse of like, you will be transformed by like the renewal of your mind. And I'm like, Oh, transformation. Like that's immediate. But obviously it is not like I have been a believer since I was like 10 or 11. And every day I sin really hard and have to like pick myself up and choose and pick up my cross and choose to follow the Lord. Um, And like, even in high school, that's tough going into college in the next few years. It's just like this question of like, how do you do that? And like literally live your life. Um, And I think that's kind of what I want to talk about now is just you became a christian in high school obviously and like you're saying it wasn't overnight it was like the process of sanctification over many years still continuing how did that change or like what did it look like during your days in college yeah that was actually the hardest was during college not because of necessarily temptation or anything i think i think the level of difficulty i faced in high school the level of difficulty of temptation and desire that the world and even the enemy, even Satan himself was trying to lure me in with, I think they were the same intensity 
Like there's a notion in America right now that like kids lose their faith when they go to college because of the opportunity. And it's like, not to be too, you know, PG 13 on here, but like my high school, there was drugs available and drinking and partying and other like crazy, whether it be like sex and sexual immorality and other obscenities. Like there was a lot of that in my high school and I was around those circles. A lot of those kids were my friends. And so, um, I don't know that college was difficult because of that. Like uh, maybe because my parents weren't on my back, maybe I could see some people having more opportunity, but you have to remember, I came from a household where not that my parents were encouraging, I go do drugs by any means, but like they weren't necessarily like all that worried that I was gonna make bad choices anyways. And so to me, when I went to college, the difficulty became personal because it was like, man, I want to walk in a way that is sanctifying to myself and glorifying to the Lord. And I kept failing myself and I thought I was failing the Lord. And that's where the relationship with God got tough because I assumed God was at, would act the way I would act, where if someone lets me down over and over and over again, no matter how patient I am, eventually I'm going to be like, come on, dude, get it together. You know, like quit, quit doing these things. And so that personal frustration of, I don't want to do these things. And Paul says this to us in the new Testament and God gave us this. This is like God's word to us. Like the things we don't want to do, we keep doing. And being a strong believer and being having your foundation on Christ is the reason you get to go through those seasons and be victorious. Because if it's based on your ability to do it, like in high school, you're going to fail. Because a lot of those temptations, no matter how good of a Christian you are, the marketing world and our world is really good at marketing. Like sin is very marketable. And so in college being like, I love Jesus with all my heart. And then the next week, seeing my friends go out and drink at a party and then inviting me and then me being like, no, but wanting to go, that was really, really hard for me, um, especially at a young, as a young believer and not a very mature believer at that time. Um, that was the most difficult part was personally seeing myself fail at being a Christian from what God's standards were. Um, as far as like being a sinner goes, sorry, my dog is, there we go. Um, as far as being a sinner goes, that was so tough. Um, and it made me want to quit a lot. I questioned my faith a ton of times where I'd be like, yes, Christians don't like G Christian says we're set free in Christ. Like we're not slaves to sin anymore. And yet I felt like a slave to many things. Um, so yeah, that's, that was the hardest by far is the personal faith aspect. Yeah. I definitely agree with you. Um, talking about like God, it's hard for me to understand why God is so patient with me when like I know I'm definitely not patient with others um and I think that's such a gift from God and I think it's amazing and I think that spurs me along to be more patient with others um but it like for a while I was really confused like why is God so patient with me I keep messing up just like over and over so yeah no yeah it actually funny enough uh, I am I know my personality pretty well. And I know YouTube gotten to see it in class, like even at 9am on a Sunday, like I'm pretty lively when it comes to talking about Jesus and at most other places in life. I'm, I'm not super serious. I'm either way too silly, like way too goofy is my personality. Uh, I'm very childish in that way, I think, or I'm way too serious, like, like uh, just really hardcore, I think is the best way to put it. But with like my relationship with Christ, I get really amped up in a way that I don't get excited, like as excitable about most things. And it's because of that. It's because of what you're saying now. It's like, I see the patience that the Lord has for me and that instead of becoming shame and guilt and like weight, um, 
it's not an excuse to keep doing it, but it turns into this love, like this genuine, like, oh my gosh, Jesus accepts me in a way that no one else does. Like all other people will eventually get fed up with my personality, except for the Lord. Like even when I'm directly failing him, uh, he, I can always find refuge in him. I can always find life in him. I can always find hope in him. And I think over time that has created in me the utmost desire to be near to the Lord. And um, the difficulty of college is probably the reason I think like pushing through college and, and the Holy Spirit really pushing through for me and, and keeping me strong in college is the reason I think I'm so hyper like obsessed with the Lord. So. Yeah, that's good. Um, it definitely reminds me of the story of Jacob and Esau. We're in a Genesis study right now, which is why it's just like fresh on my mind of like Jacob deceiving his brother. And then when they go to meet again, instead of Esau meeting him with like hate and like, you literally stole my birthright kind of hate. Um, he like just falls to his knees and is like embracing him and is just excited to see him. And like thinking about that and how the Lord meets us like that every single time um, blows my mind because yeah there have been so many times where I just like make a fool of myself and I'm so deep in sin and I like can recognize it. And I'm like, this is embarrassing. Like, I don't want to bring this to the Lord. It's like, I have a podcast and I have a blog and I'm known in my church and it's like all these things. And it's like, and I'm failing miserably at this whole Christian thing. Um, but it's like, the Lord does not meet us with any sort of shame or blame or any of that. And he just meets us of love. Um, which is incredible. And it's like, I want people to experience that kind of love and that kind of joy and freedom. Um, and like, I think that's why we should be on fire for the Lord. Um, yeah. because it's like, I can't meet people like that. There have been so many times where I'm like, okay, you've had three tries to not fail me and you're failing. Like you three strikes, you're out. Like I'm done being friends with you. And it's like, God is not a God of chances. Um, and it's like, he would never meet somebody like that. He would, he continuously meets us with that's okay. Here's grace. Here's mercy. Here's forgiveness. Um, and just like loving like that. Um, but yeah, yeah I don't even know, um, how we got to that point. So, yeah, um, I just sometimes go on these rants and people are like, I don't know. I don't know how we got here, but we're here. So yeah, uh, that's like, going to be a college. theme here. <laughs> no, it's, it's good. It's good. <laughs> I like it. Um, yeah. So we talked about college and so many good things and we're going to go ahead and have a commercial break. Hold up. It's time for a commercial break. Don't forget to follow our Instagram at a faith pod at, at a faith podcast. podcast. <laughs> okay. I was like, uh, yeah. So at a faith podcast on Instagram Um, Leon is going to be on there. You'll see a picture of our zoom. Um, and it's fun. You can like put a name with a voice. It's a great full circle moment. Um, you can email us at ourheartsurrendered at gmail.com. And don't forget to leave a rating and review if you choose to. We love reading those. They're so, so encouraging. Um, and I think that's about it. Sophie, anything to add? Um, no, I don't think so. Perfect. Now back to our show. Um to wrap up this episode, um, we'll have a good bit of conversation just about how you got into ministry. Would you like me to just kind of intro how do you, how I got there? Yeah. Just like, how'd you feel called or like, yeah, what'd you do? I don't know. Yeah. Those things. No. Yeah. That's perfect. That's I, I get that completely. So for, I guess uh, up front for like the value of it, 
I didn't know that going into ministry, like all my ministers at my church growing up, other than our teaching pastor, I did not know they were like full-time vocational ministries, like, like, or jobs, sorry, all those ministries. I didn't know they were jobs that, and that just shows you my immaturity. I wasn't plugged in in a church. So I didn't know how it worked. I thought it was like a community project that people put together or like a community show, like, Hey, Sunday show up. And like these guys who are just really in love with church, the same way some people are in love with theater or band, like they create these like fun little Facebook groups and they meet up and do fun stuff. And so I, I really did. I thought that's what the church was, which biblically to a degree is what the church is. But um, I didn't know those guys were paid. And so I thought like you get some guys who are just really emphatic and take on this life inside and outside the church. And they're the ministers like they're. And, and I think I got that because I sat in a study when I was in college through the book of Acts. And I remember they were like all getting together, selling their things and like, just so people could be saved. And so that's just what I understood church to be like. And then within that, I think over time, obviously getting to know ministers and then realizing, oh, you work Monday through Sunday at the church as a job. Um, and then seeing how much was like necessary and what was necessary for ministry to be done and for the church to function. I don't think I ever had a desire to do it initially, like, especially in my younger, like believing days, like most of college, I had this desire to always be at the church and serve and be an intern, but I wanted to be a doctor. That was like my huge push. I went to A&M to study biomedical science. And so I was just like, you know, this is what I'm going to do. And uh, funny enough, that's honestly, my wife, that's like how our friend introduced us. Um, my wife's a nurse now. She loves the medical field. She loves medicine and she loves the Lord. And so our mutual friend was like, Hey, I know this guy named Leon who is godly and he wants to be a doctor. Y'all should go on a date. And so I, even then, I mean, I'm talking 22 years old at that point, I had no idea I wanted to be in ministry, but I saw myself doing things that were leaning on the ministry side. So whether that was discipling, uh, teaching Bible studies. I had a desire to preach. Um, I've just never really not wanted to preach ever since I got saved. I was always trying to have deep conversation with people. Or uh, if I read something in the scriptures that I think is interesting, I would find a group of people to talk to about it. Now, not as long as I get to teach to uh, now as a minister, it'd be like five, 10 minute sessions, or even what you two are doing, like a podcast. Um, back then we didn't have podcasts. We did, but no one did podcasts, you know, in 2010. So uh, I literally went on Facebook and recorded a video of me just preaching the gospel to people and then posted it on my timeline. And back then it wasn't flooded with all these like memes and videos and other scrollable things. It was just your friends saying what they were doing. Um, and so most of my friends watched it because most people weren't posting videos. And so that was like the first time I got to preach and I had no desire to be in ministry. I was just a believer who wanted to be obedient. And I was just so in love with the Lord because he loved me and wanted people to know. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, it wasn't until my senior going into my senior year of college that a group of people who had kind of discipled me, um, and who were all in ministry, uh, had just even asked like, Hey, so what are you going to do after college? You know, are you really going to try and do this med school thing? And not that they were doubting that I could do it. They were just curious. Maybe they were doubting. I don't know. I should go back and ask, but, uh, I, it just, I, I was dating another girl at the time, not my wife, and I brought it up with her and she didn't like the idea of me doing ministry because she didn't want to be a minister's wife. And I remember thinking to myself like this, I don't like that response selfishly because I think I want to do that. 
And it got to this point in my life where it started like creating a, not a problem, but it started like, it became something that was on my mind all the time. Like, not that I want to teach only, but like, I want to make disciples as a full-time job. And I want to like serve people. Like I want to be a part of a mission. I want to run ministry. I want to, I want to be at the church all the time and I don't want to be a monk. And so I was like, okay, I'll try in the corporate world first, because at that point I kind of given up on some of the being a doctor things and not given up. I just turned down a lot of those options and uh, met my wife now uh, at the end of my senior year of college. And I was working in corporate for a year and her and I were talking one day and uh, I just, I don't even know what phrasing I said, but I told her, I was like, I kind of don't want to work anymore, which I know is like a lazy response. Um, and I was like, but I don't want to not work because I don't want to do hard work. I don't want to work because I just want to talk about the Lord with people. Like I was praying with coworkers and stuff like that. And a lot of them would feel uncomfortable about it, but I was having these deep godly conversations with my coworkers and people knew I was a Christian because I was invite everyone to church. Like I was inviting every single person I could not even and only inviting them to church. I was like saying, Hey, meet me Sunday morning. I'll get breakfast and we can go to church together. Like I wanted, it was more of a participation thing with me than it was like, go sit in a building by yourself. And it got to the point where it was like interfering with work. Like my work was just like, Hey, you can't, you can't talk to people who don't work for us. Like our clients, you can't talk to them about Jesus for 40 minutes on the phone. Like, that's not good. Like it's not ethical for business purposes. And so uh, Lexi said one day, she was like, why don't you quit and work at the church? And I'd never had been in a relationship or had anyone that close to me in my life that was that affirming about that, or even that like kind of gung ho about it. I think like even my friends, I would say that too. And they were kind of like, okay, that's cool. Like, you know, I don't think that's like a feasible thing for you to do, but it's cool that you want to do it. Like you could serve the church on Sundays. And so uh, when Lexi said that, I don't even know how long it took, surely not a long time until I quit my job and like got an internship where I got paid nothing as an adult, uh, literally almost nothing and fell so in love with it. Just serving, serving the people who are already part of the church and creating space for other people to do ministry the way I got to do ministry when I was young in my faith was like, I don't know, the it brought so much joy to my life. I, I don't really know how else I would participate in, in God's kingdom other than being a minister. I like can't see myself doing anything else. And that was the affirmation I needed to pursue it long-term. So that is such an amazing story. Um, I was thinking back, like when we were like talking about recording with you, I was like, I remember Leon was like one of the first pastors, like in the youth when I came and I was always like, wow, Leon is so cool. Like he preaches <laughs> so well. And like, I was always just like, so encouraged by your messages. And I think it's so amazing how the Lord just like put that on your heart. And yeah. Yeah. I think for me, uh, the my favorite part about the Lord doing that is that a lot of it, I have a control problem is kind of the thing I say all the time with people and my wife would affirm that, but that a lot of the places the Lord has worked best in my life is the areas where I did not intend or plan for that to happen the way it did. Like I didn't, pl I planned for a lot of things in my life and wanted a lot of things to happen. One of them early on was not to be a Christian. Like I did not want to be a Christian. God orchestrated all of that, right? Like he, I didn't show up at church because I, again, not that there's anything wrong with this testimony, but it wasn't mine. I didn't need anything like in my eyes at the time, like I was pretty content with where I was in life. Like socially, I liked my friends. You know, I 
was dating. I had like, I had relationships, which in high school was such a big deal. It wasn't, I wasn't like hurt by anything like physically or emotionally that I was aware of. Um, but God just honestly, like put this, put this in front of me in such a way that it was out of my control and ministry is the same. Like I cannot articulate enough times how that's one of the, like, I was the least aware of that on my radar. Um, the desires and stuff were there, but I would have never objectively planned to do that. And I think for people, that's so important when we're pursuing the Lord, letting him, when he puts like an objective in front of us, letting him be the one who walks us through it. Cause oftentimes we're like, that's a good idea. God, give it here. I got it. And then for me, I always see that being the place that it just kind of like crashes really quickly. Um, like, so yeah, I, I think, I think people letting, I know the corny saying is let go and let God, but, uh, like, I think I laugh at that a lot, but genuinely at times it's like, if we could find a way to practice that, I think a lot more people would find themselves desiring, not just desiring to be in ministry, but they would see themselves fulfilling the, um, the mandate to be a minister. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think that's like all of our callings, obviously in Matthew 28, 19, the great commission, we're called yep. to go out and make disciples of all nations. Um, so to some extent, all Christians are called to ministry and um, right. whether it's vocational or not is a different story. Um, but yeah, Leon, I definitely um, resonate with what you're saying. And I think Sophie and I really do. Um, and that when we were creating this podcast, I think one of our prayers and goals was to learn how to live in wholehearted surrender um, yeah. And it's hard. And there have been so many times in my life where I have like a full thought out plan. Like, I mean, just like the most tangible um, example that I can think of is whenever I was a little younger, I think like beginning of freshman year, sophomore year, I was like, I'm going to be an orthodontist. That is exactly what I'm going to do. And I'm going to go to A&M and I'm going to study biomedical science. And then I'll go to um Baylor dental school at AM. Um, and then I'm gonna go to so-and-so orthodontics program or whatever. Um, and I had it all planned out. I had a spreadsheet, it was great. Um, and then I was like, I'm not into that anymore at all. Um, and it was just like over like a few months, God really just like placed something completely different on my heart. And that is probably gonna change too. Like we are just like literally surrendering it to God. And because his, his plans are better than my plans. And we just, um, I just try to like surrender that to God because it's like, I can absolutely make any plan that I want to. And God, if it's not within his will, it won't be done. And I don't want it to be done. Um, and it's something that's really hard to like do, but that is our prayer for all of our listeners. Um, and it's like incredible hearing your testimony and just how you literally surrendered to God. And you're like, here, I'm making nothing, but this is for you. Like, these are the gifts yeah. you've given me for you. Um, yeah. so that's super encouraging. I will say that in that, Addison, I think like a huge part of that for us is being surrounded with people who are also on that same motivation of like, Hey, what's God's will for your life? Not what's best for you. Right. Cause oftentimes I think we surround ourselves with people who want what's best for us. Um, but people who are like, what's going to profit your soul the most. Right. Cause oftentimes that looks, especially in the beginning of that journey, like for both of you, even the fact that you're in high school, making a podcast, like about surrendering your whole life to the Lord. It, like to me, it makes me think of when I recorded that, although it was only one time, I wasn't nearly as successful as you two, but like just that one time, like making that video of like, I'm going to preach the gospel because that wasn't the only one I made. I kept doing things like that. I used to send video one minute sermons 
to a group message of people who did not ask to be in the group message. So they were getting it, whether they wanted it or not, uh, of me just preaching the gospel for one minute. And again, I needed people in my corner who were going to push me towards what, what God's will seemed to be for my life. Um, AKA my wife at that, well, she wasn't my wife at the time we were dating, but if I didn't have that, it looked like a dark road ahead. It was like, oh, he's restarting his life at 24. You know, that doesn't seem like a good idea to like reorient all your, and so all my friends and family, even close friends who are Christians, um, not that they weren't praying for me per se, but like, I just don't know that they were looking into it. Like what's God's will specifically for Leon's flourishment? Having people who are there for you, like you two have one another, and I'm sure even at our church have other people who are for you and what God has for your life, for his glory and for your flourishment um, is vital because we will deceive ourselves at times. Like when we're discouraged, like you make a video and you put it out there of the gospel and that's just the start of your call to ministry and it's not successful, that will wreck your heart if you're by yourself. Like, man, I can't tell you how many times I was like, not enough people showed up to this. I'm probably not called to be a minister, right? Like I'd be preaching in college to my friends and like three dudes would show up and they're like, where's the food? And then they leave. And I'm like, oh gosh, this is not what God has for me. But if I didn't have people who were like, nope, that is what he had. Like that's not, that one time isn't what he had for you, but that's not the future of what God's calling you to. Um, it's so vital to have those people in your corner who are looking for God's will in your life and not what's best. And those are oftentimes in alignment, but not always, especially in discouraging seasons. So, um, yeah, that's so true. I like that you said that knowing God's will is wholehearted surrender to the Lord is a difficult, difficult thing. Yeah, I agree with you. Sorry, Sophie. <laughs> um, I think like, um, it was really easy when we first started the podcast, Well, first of all, like it was not, I don't think it was like either one of our like plans that this is what we were going to do. Um, and I think also, like it was really easy the first like month to be really discouraged and only like 10 people would listen and if it wasn't for like Addy being like no like we said like whole hard surrender like we didn't say we're gonna get 100 listens in the first week like if that wasn't our goal and if at least for me if I didn't have someone like telling me like remember what our goal remember what we said we were gonna do remember like how we prayed to God and asked that he would glorify the podcast. Like, I don't, yeah. I think I would have given up. Yeah, that's so good. And oftentimes God uses things that we do in the moment for so much further in advancement than what we realize. Um, and I know a podcast can seem to people who are listening or even to us right now here, it can seem like a silly thing to be like, well, we based it on this outcome. Right. But God, when he sees these things, he's like, well, in the day and age we live now, these things can bless someone in 10 years from now, right? You don't know what people are going to do. I, I run across silly videos on YouTube that says like seven years ago all the time. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm watching this from seven years ago. And it's like a random video of an animal doing something silly, right? So I know that's a weird example, but even for this, it's like, who knows that in what if one day in five years from now, you two are doing other things, uh, wherever the Lord's calling you to do, whether it be in ministry or not in ministry, whatever God's plan is, who knows? What if there's a high schooler who logs in and goes, I wonder what this podcast from seven years, 10 years ago is talking about um, and gets hooked. You know, they start rewatching all. I mean, that happens in the world all the time. People don't fall in love with the office till way after the office was over. Right. So, um, and again, our, our goal isn't success in front of us. It's, faithfulness to the Lord. Like you guys said, whole surrender to the Lord. 
So sometimes that looks like obedience without fruit right in front of us. Um, so let that be an encouragement to you guys. You, you guys will probably never know the full extent to how you are impacting people's lives by having a space that is talking openly and freely about um, really the glory of who God is and how he draws people to himself. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, another huge thing that um, I think it was Elijah Lamb said in an interview that we did with him in October um, was that it doesn't matter if it was one person listening or a hundred thousand people listening, because um, that's just like not, it's not about numbers. Um, And also like in that, um, if this podcast is just planting a seed for one person, that is incredible for the kingdom. Um, And like, not only does it affect them like in the present day, but that has the potential to completely change their lives to like literally save their lives and save their future. Um, like in terms of like after death, like will they rejoice with us in heaven or will they go to hell? Um, and I think that's just something that's hard to like, just be like, Oh, this has the potential to save a life. Um, or have might have no effect whatsoever. And like, either way, it's okay because it's surrendered to God and it's in his hands and it's yeah. within his will and for his glory that that will be done. Yeah. Um, and, and you're both just being obedient. I mean, the scriptures say, you know, speak, speak about the Lord, you know, create spaces in your life where God is a topic of choice, voluntary choice. Um, you guys aren't being forced to do this. You guys are actually the one who are creating space for godly conversation. So Elijah Lamb is 100% right. Even if I'm the only one benefiting from this conversation with me, um, then that's a win for the kingdom. That means that three believers, followers of Christ get to leave encouraged deeply about what the Lord's done in our lives, who we are, and the common bond that we share uh, through the Holy Spirit. And so that's a win. You're right. And anything on top of that is just, um, it's extra. Yeah, absolutely. Will you um, just pray us out on that note? Absolutely. I will. Father, I thank you so much for um, these two women that just have a heart for you. They have a desire for you, um, for your glory. And Lord, they have a desire for their hearts to become less and for you to become more. And God, that is um, the cry of my heart. And I relate to that so much. I respect that so much. Um, Lord, seeing two women who are so mature in their faith at an age where I was when I got saved. Um, reminds me just wholeheartedly of how good and sweet you are and how you're good differently to all of us. Um, And so Lord, for the listeners, I just pray that they would be so encouraged by you, not by us, not by anything we say or who we are, but they would see you moving in our lives and they would see our actions as fruit of knowing you and that they would dive in deeper to a personal relationship with you. And so, Holy Spirit, would you fill us up with more of you? Everyone listening to this, would you allow us to connect and see Jesus as our King? And Father, would you be glorified deeply by that? We love you. It's in Jesus' name I pray all these things. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for listening. Let's strive to live in wholehearted surrender this week.